Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. It's very good to be here with all of you. Um, hope everybody's doing well. Um, we are just kicking off uh, the Apostles' Fast. We're in the beginning of the fast. Um, and today we get the perfect reading um, for that fast. If you're paying attention to today's gospel, um, all the readings, but really today's gospel, um, Jesus is teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer. Um, and the reason that he's teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer is because they asked. They asked, said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay, so he said, okay, very good. Here is the Lord's Prayer. And that's why we get a prayer that we say in the liturgy about how many times? Does anybody know how many times we say the, the Our Father prayer in the liturgy? A bazillion. Okay, I don't have an actual number. A bazillion times is how many times you say it. So from this one instance, we get this magnificent prayer, which kind of summarizes our relationship with God. Um, and what I love about that is it's showing us what does it mean to be and a, like we cel- we're celebrating the apostles' fast. What does it mean to be an apostle? Or what does it really mean to be a disciple? Um, we use those words interchangeably at times, but they actually mean two different things. Okay, so an apostle is someone who is sent out for a mission. That's what apostle means. It just means to send out. A disciple is like a student. Okay, a disciple is a student. So before any of the apostles were apostles, they had to first be disciples. They had to be students. And today we get the perfect image of that because they are doing what they should be doing. They're being students. They're asking Jesus a question to teach them how to pray. If any of you have uh, kind of thought about this, um, and uh, like I'll, I'll kind of speak for myself, there's a lot of things and a lot of titles, I think, when it comes to Christ, right? Think of Christ as like the Redeemer, the Savior, uh, the Lamb of God, uh, the High Priest. Like there's a lot of titles, but one title that's given actually often in Scripture is teacher or rabbi, okay? Teacher or rabbi. And it's not something, me particularly, that I'm always um, necessarily contemplating on or meditating about, but I actually think it's a very, very important aspect um, of Christ and our relationship with him. Um, how many people here have, have a favorite teacher currently, okay, for the kids in school? Like, if you, have, if you have a favorite teacher, raise your hand, okay? Favorite teacher? Okay, very good. Uh, adults, does anybody remember their favorite teacher as, as a kid? Raise your hand if you remember your favorite teacher. A, quite a good amount, okay, quite a good amount. For the rest of us, I'll just assume bad memory, okay, or you had really lousy teachers, sorry, okay. I have a favorite teacher in fifth grade, Mr. Leroy Heisen, okay, Mr. Leroy Heisen, the best teacher, okay, best teacher. Um, Mr. Heisen was my favorite teacher of all time, okay, all, my, all the teachers are great, okay, I've had great teachers, um, but he was my favorite teacher of all time. And why I love Mr. Heisen so much is if you were to ask me today, what were the things that Mr. Heisen taught you, okay, what did Mr. Heisen teach you? I don't think of factual things. Like anyone could sit down and read a book. To be honest, I have no idea what I learned in fifth grade, let alone like two weeks ago, okay? So like that's really, you know, testing my memory there. So I don't remember what Mr. Heisen taught me, okay? From like a factual knowledge thing, okay? But what I do remember is how he invested in me, okay? How he shared life with me. You know, Mr. Heisen, this was, okay, this is, would never happen now. You know, when we were in, in school in fifth grade, Mr. Heisen, he was like a man of faith. I went to public schools growing up. He was like a great man of faith. 
And he actually invited me to go on like, um, like a retreat with his church. Okay, so, so like we went on this retreat and it was amazing. It was like an incredible experience. This would never happen today. Okay, we'd all, like, all teachers would get fired for doing that. But, but this, it was like a great experience because I felt like he didn't just care that I was oh, just another student in his class. No, like he wanted to invest in me, okay? And not just me, like a lot of students that were in the class, okay? So he really poured like his um, like teacherhood, if that's a word, okay, into the students. Like he really, really was a teacher because he invested in the students. When we say Christ is the teacher, okay, the great teacher, the rabbi, what we are not saying is that we go to Christ because he has really good knowledge to share with us. He does for sure. I'm not saying he doesn't. He does for sure. But it's more than that. It's shared life with us. It's investing in us. Like Christ, when we say Christ is the teacher, it's not he's just here to give you facts. Here, read a book. Okay, like Christ could just give us a book and say, here, read a book. When we say Christ is our teacher, what we are talking about is his willingness and his desire to invest in his disciples. And we're all disciples of Christ and his students. It's much more than just passing on knowledge. It's passing on way of life. And actually back then, um, the picture that we get of how rabbis and the disciple relationship was, is that like, so right now, like I am teaching from a pulpit. That's not how a rabbi and disciples taught. Okay, like that's not how a, a rabbi would teach his disciples. What a rabbi would do, they would know that he's ready to teach when he sat down. And they would come and sit with him. Okay, because it wasn't a lecture. It wasn't just knowledge. It was shared life. Okay, we're going to sit together and we're going to learn, like I'm going to teach you. But it's shared life. It's more than just knowledge. And we see this today in um, the psalm that we just read, actually. Um, the psalm says what? Teach me to do your will. Teach me to do your will. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. And cause me the same, like a similar word, like teach or lead. What we are saying there is we're basically asking God to take us by the hand. Okay? The disciple-teacher relationship with us in Christ isn't just knowledge, isn't spitting off facts. But it's God's desire to invest in us and to take us by the hand and to show us the way, the way that we should go. I confessed earlier to you guys that sometimes I forget about this relationship with God and, and this angle of my relationship with God. And the reason that I forget this is in my, um, I, you can test this and I can test this by the way that we pray, by the way that we pray. When I go to pray, and this isn't wrong, but when I go to pray, maybe I'll pray for something specific. I say, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me patience. Lord, give me love. Those are all great things, okay? Lord, help me with this circumstance. Lord, help so-and-so with their situation. But I was thinking to myself, how often is it that I go to Christ and I say, Lord, teach me. Teach me in the way that I should go. Lord, I have this circumstance in front of me right here. I can ask for a solution, or I can ask... For you to teach me, to show me, to take me by the hand and show me the way that I should go. Sometimes, especially living here in, in America and, and really any Western culture, we've been programmed to really figure out solutions on our own, to go automatically into solution mode. Okay, and this is, I'm, I'm guilty of this, is I have this problem in front of me and I go automatically into solution mode. But Christ says, if I'm your teacher, and you're my disciple, don't you want to know how I would do it? Or do you want to do it 
the way that you want to do it. Because that's not a disciple. A disciple goes to the teacher and says, how would you do it, Lord? Teach me. Lead me. Going to Christ with no agenda and asking him to teach us like the disciples did today is really important. Um, it's really important in our relationship with God to really get the most out of our relationship with God and to really feel like we're walking hand in hand with Christ. The disciples actually struggled with this a lot. Okay, so the, the disciples, if when we see in, in Scripture, they, they went back and forth between this. Okay, so today's a great example of it. Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay, at other times, they would say things like, Lord, who's the greatest? Okay, or at other times, they would say, Lord, what we want, two brothers came in and said, Lord, what we want is to sit one on your left and one on your right. We went from teach to something very different. Okay. And actually, for those who are at Vespers, um, I won't ask for a raise of hands, okay? Because I, I was telling a bit about my experience in Vespers yesterday. But uh, for those who are in Vespers, uh, we read the Transfiguration, okay? The Transfiguration. And again, this is an example of learning or desiring to learn, desiring to be a student, a disciple, versus just speaking up, okay? St. Peter sees this magnificent thing happening before him, the Transfiguration, magnificent. And St. Peter says, Lord, like, he just doesn't know what to say. St. Mark tells us he doesn't know what to say. So what he says is, like, we'll build tabernacles or something. Okay, that's just kind of like what he blurts out. And in blurting that out, we don't hear actually the son speaking right away. What we hear instead is the father saying what? This is my son. Listen to him. Okay, and that's a great instruction for all of us. This is my son. Hear him or listen to him. So St. Peter is just in excitement, uh, understandably so, just blurts out this thing. And he says, this is my son. Listen to him. It's like God's almost gentle touch of saying, quiet <laughs> and listen. Quiet and listen. God is desiring this relationship with us. Like this time with God where we sit with him and we say, Lord, teach me in a way that I should go. And God does reveal things to us. It's not... You know, a static relationship is I just go to God with a list. That's a static relationship. But a dynamic relationship is when I go to God and I sit down at the feet of Christ and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me in the way that I should go. Lord, there's a circumstance for me. I have no idea what to do. I could pretend like I have a great solution, like I'm the smartest person in the room. I have no idea. Teach me. Show me the way. Application for us today, I believe is to never forget that he's the teacher and we're the students. To always hear the word of the Father in our, in our ears. This is my son. Listen to him. Don't be so in a hurry, in a rush, to figure out a solution. Go to him. Listen to him. Sit with him. Why this is important is because if we don't do this, our perspective on life doesn't change. Where our perspective changes is when we sit with Christ and we listen to Christ. Because a lot of times we say things like, you know, this world is, is like we, we say these things with our lips. This world is temporary, which is true. This world is, we're, we're here today, gone tomorrow, true. But sometimes if we're being honest, I'll confess myself, probably much better than me. We say those things with our lips, but are we living like this is temporary? Are we living like this is not forever? 
we make decisions as if this is forever. But when I go and I sit with Christ and I say, Lord, there's a circumstance here in front of me. God can give me an eternal perspective. He say, look at the big picture. Look at the way that I would deal with the situation. How to be good students. If we want to fully maximize this relationship that we have with Christ, that he's the teacher and that we're the students. If we want this shared life, if we want Christ to invest in us, Christ wants to invest in us, but we have to allow him to invest in us. If we want all those things, I think it, it's three, three steps. The first one I wrote down is humility. And next to that I put no agenda. Going to Christ with no agenda. In the back of my mind when I'm going to Christ with my requests and my time of prayer or whatever, I always go in, or most of the time I go in, and I kind of know in the back of my mind what I want to get out of it. But how about I go to God with no agenda? And saying, Lord, and, and even confess my agenda. Lord, here's my agenda. Here's what I would want to happen. What do you think? Teach me. That humility shows us and reminds us that for that time, we're not in charge of the lesson plan, so to speak. We're the students, we're sitting down and we're ready to learn, we're eager to learn. Second thing I put down is letting God speak. Giving God an opportunity to share his life with us. And what this looks like is that in everything that I do, I do it genuinely and authentically. I don't try to rush through things going through the motions, which naturally will do. Like you stand up for prayer, okay, and kind of confession, wish I wasn't recording this, but too late, okay. So here in the liturgy when we pray, okay, Buddha's much better than me, I'll, I'll just confess. When we pray, do you think, as you're praying, do you guys get distracted in prayer and liturgy? Okay. Do you get distracted? Yes. Do you think the priest gets distracted sometimes in liturgy? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, we're human. Okay. So, like, we all get distracted. Okay. But if I'm really trying to approach Christ, that he's the teacher, I'm the student. I'm the disciple. That means in everything that I do, I have to struggle. I have to ask God to help me. So, you know, what I tell people is like, uh, liturgy is long. I get distracted. I'm like, welcome to the club. Okay, like we all get distracted. So what I do when I get distracted is I stand here before God and I say, Lord, help me. I don't want to lose this time. I don't want to lose this precious moment with you. I'm your disciple. You're the teacher. You're the master. Help me. Let me focus. So when you're struggling to pray, pray. Like when you're struggling to pray, do it authentically. Do it genuinely. Be honest. Don't pretend like, like everything is great. Be honest. So humility, going to God with no agenda, giving God an opportunity to speak, by not just, by doing things genuinely and authentically. And this, by the way, sometimes when I say let God speak, sometimes we, we try to shortcut this by letting other people speak to us about God, which is not bad, okay, like most of the time. It's not bad. But better, okay, it's good to, to hear what people have to say about God. Like it's good for you to hear my meditation on this passage today. But you should have your own meditation with God. Like, don't rely on me having a meditation on the gospel. You should have your own quiet time with God. You should have your own meditation with God. Like, go to the source himself. And the last thing I wrote is follow through. When Christ teaches, you should do this. You should do that. You should call so-and-so. You should ask for forgiveness. You should apologize. You should let that go. You should stop wasting time doing X. Follow through. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to struggle, but try your best to follow through. A good disciple isn't there to learn information. What the disciples learned from Christ was not just information. Yes, they learned how to live, 
by what Christ spoke, but also by his way of life. When Christ taught them about love, it wasn't just he was saying, love is great. Believe me, trust me, love is great. He showed them what love was. He showed them what love was to the, to the utmost. So they learned by his way of life. So in order for us to be good teachers, we have to have humility, no agenda. We have to let God speak, give him opportunities to speak genuinely and authentically in everything that we do, in prayer, in our Bible reading, in, in the sacraments, in everything that we do. And we have to do our best to follow through, knowing that we're not going to get 100% on every exam, but we're going to struggle and we're going to continue and we're going to be honest and genuine in our, in our seeking um, God. And that's why today when we hear from, uh, or yesterday at Vespers when we heard from St. Peter, that's why I love St. Peter so much. Because he shows us what a good student is on one hand, okay? Like St. Peter, if you remember in, in John chapter 6, when Jesus is preaching on, my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. And everyone's like, what in the world are you saying? Okay, and it says that actually disciples left him at that point. He had disciples with him and they left him. And then Jesus looks to the rest of his disciples and says, do you want to leave too? What does St. Peter say? He says, to whom shall we go, Lord? You have the worst eternal life. Meaning what? I don't really know what you just said, but I'm willing to learn. Like he didn't say, oh, I have it figured out. No, no, I get this flesh is your food thing. I, I get it, Lord. It's easy to understand. He said, to whom shall we go, Lord? You have the worst eternal life. That's the perfect image of a student right there. And again, why he's a perfect image of a student like us? Because he also struggles with that sometimes. Okay. So sometimes he struggles with it, but sometimes we see how beautiful it is. When, Lord, I don't get it, but teach me. We have the best, 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 best teacher who's so patient with us, so loving, so kind. So don't be afraid to go and sit with the teacher. Again, I asked you guys earlier, like your favorite teacher, think of your favorite teacher. And then Christ is that times a million. More patient, more loving, already invested everything in us, but willing to continue to invest everything in us, taking us hand by hand. So disciples today ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. It's a model for us to learn that he is the teacher, that we're the students. And if we're going to be good students, that we are going to have humility when we approach him with no agenda, that we're going to let him speak in everything that we do, to genuinely do everything, not as routine or motions, but to ask for help, ask him for help and to let him speak. And that we're going to try our best to follow through, knowing that we're not going to be perfect 100% of the time, but we're going to give it a good shot and we're going to make our best effort. May God give us humble hearts, always eager to learn and the strength to follow him and to learn from him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.